to another episode of Lord of the Rings Sentence, your one-stop podcast for the most detailed and meticulous breakdown of J.R.R. Tolkien's most famous work, The Lord of the Rings. I'm joined again this week uh, by Aaron Scobie. You might remember him from last week's episode. Aaron, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. How has it been since the last time you're on the show for you? Um, it, it, we are getting a cold front here in Nebraska. Mm. And I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm not excited about all the bugs that the hurricanes have brought up to the Midwest. Gotcha. And when the cold comes, it gets drier. My skin is not kind to dry skin to dry weather. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Here in LA, we have uh, no cold perfect. weather and no bugs. Perfect weather, perfect conditions. It, everything is perfect about here. Nothing is wrong with it. There's no Thanks. issues in the city of los angeles except for the water the water shortage no that i don't want to hear it we don't have any issues it's perfect fires no that's further away that's further away doesn't doesn't affect us uh the san andreas fault line nope we had an earthquake the other day was no big deal they patched that up they just kind of filled it with cement yeah i was in the movie theater i was watching uh, the eyes of tammy faye Uh, which was a good movie and then when they were talking about like uh there's some conversation about like god's been speaking to me about this and then the (laughs) earth started shaking and it was like oh my god uh but good movie um you watch a lot of documentaries uh not really but i'll watch the occasional one there there's a independent two independent theaters under the same name um that are all like patron supported um the buffett family pays a lot to keep them up and running warren buffett not the not the jimmy buffett family not, not the jimmy no, no warren buffett the, okay. the, billion, the billionaire um, the, the bad buffets because jimmy is the good buffets eh, yeah me they're both mediocre <laughs> uh, jimmy's good i stayed at his resort recently and it was a it was a hoot and a half <laughs> anyways uh it's called film streams and i have the uh, i have a membership and it's only five bucks a ticket always nice and it's 20 percent off concessions and 20 percent off the bookstore there but they usually have a lot of weird documentaries and the one i saw recently was called the truffle hunters have you heard about that truffle or truffle 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 so like uh is it like the nicholas cage movie pig that just came out no oh okay because that was a truffle pig looking for truffles it was a it was was, very that was very weird like it wasn't really like a narrative. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of following a series of old Italian men in Northern Italy with their dogs going into the woods, hunting for truffles. Cause truffles so it, it is, it is like the Nicolas Cage film pig. I, Have I you seen see, pig? No. <laughs> so at the beginning of the movie, it's just him and his pig. His pig is a truffle pig who like sniffs out looking for truffles. Oh, is this, are, you, are you for real? Yeah. That's what the movie's about. So and funny. then, someone steals his pig and then it's about his journey to like go find the pig and uh it's really just a big meditation on grief and um it's a good movie i think it's on hulu now or coming to hulu soon but i saw it in the theaters uh it was was, was good apparently like truffle hunting has become like very uh uh it's not commoditized but like there's a lot of people in it looking for money it's really great i got from the this pig movie is that like there's like a big industry behind it and like so these so, little people are probably being a little uh, exploited by like these big restaurant owners trying to get their truffles. So like the like the old guys have been doing it for like 
50 years right mm-hmm. 50 60 years like they're they're known in like the the food world because they find the truffles and their dogs right. are like whatever you know um or the, not whatever but they're well known as well um they'll sell truffles to the middleman for like three four hundred uh euros right yeah um and then those middlemen will then take those truffles and add an extra zero or two yeah and sell them to like restaurants or like it's it's a it was a weird like like duality of like you have these men in like the woods and then you have like finding the truffle in the dirt yeah, you got these men in suits that are the middlemen between the restaurants it's not even the, that, like it's like yeah. auction sites it's like like they're like <sighs> so and they're weird. like they're like posing like wine next to it and people are coming up and smelling it and i need to watch this doc because what did you say it was called the truffle the hunters truffle, the truffle hunters it's okay. it's really it's really beautiful because like there's a guy he just like he gets like plastered this guy's like in his mid 60s he's like drunk yeah. off wine he's like on a typewriter doing like one finger time and he's kind of giving his letter <laughs> to the world's like why he's quitting truffle hunting because it's like everyone's in it for the money no one cares no one wow. no, no one wants to go out and play with their puppy dogs and <clears throat> so i was uh thinking that the movie pig was like a little extreme like i didn't think the world was actually as like nuts as like this do- it sounds like this documentary is showing that it is uh, they, they, i really want to see this doc now so like these people who are like new to it and who are in it for the money and like the young, these young people will put poison mm-hmm. like poison pellets out to cause the dogs to eat them and kill the dogs what? so that they won't find truffles yeah like to, to create like a, a false like scarcity of truffles basically well, so like if you harvest too many truffles, they don't grow. Oh my god! And so and so that's why like a lot of these truffle hunters like have like secret spots, or they have their own land that has like where it grows a lot, and they'll like, you know, this like, is nuts. How do we get talking about this? I think we're. I was talking about like a. You were talking about a movie you had seen, and I oh, thought, yeah. and this that was the last movie I saw. That's not nice. true. I saw. Um, oh god what was it called it was an action movie cop shop um, no i saw cop, cop shop. shop that was I the last did, movie i, I saw. did see did see nobody not too long ago not bad it was bad. you know it's about it was, a sociopath like <laughs> insane person who just causes trouble uh, it was what it was yeah. it was what it was yeah and sometimes that's all you need and uh this podcast is what it is it's the Lord of the Rings sentence where I read one sentence out of the Lord of the Rings a week at a time until I finish the book. Um, Aaron, uh, we didn't really get to talk about your experience and your history with Lord of the Rings on the last episode. So let, let's dive into that now. Um, had you re- read these books before? Um, you mentioned off pod, you love The Hobbit. Um, I, I, love the, history. I love The Hobbit. It's the only book I've read of. Mm-hmm. Ever. Um, Just, you've never read another book. No, that's it. Yep. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a literature degree and, and, a, and a creative yeah. writing master's and I haven't read a single book. Right. Um, right. I'm just kind of, just kind of taking off the dome and just kind of, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all up here at master genius. I mean, how, how much more do you really <laughs> need to read if you've read the Hobbit? Um, it's the no, best book, right? It is, it is a fantastic book. It's one of my top five favorite books. Book. Um, and I read that kind of in a slump in like 20, how old was i i think it was 2015 and 
it was like right after I either right before I graduated college or right after. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I don't know, I kind of got like, well, there's like, I don't have to read classics. I don't have to read these kind of very high art, high fluition, like high intellectual like books. Because at the time, I think what mm-hmm. I had burned myself out because I had read The Odyssey, or no, I'd read sure. Infinite Jest, The Odyssey, and Ulysses all back to back. Yeah, that, that'll burn you out. Like it's easy to, to get burned out real quick if you just like put the pressure on yourself that you got to read all the cool books to like make yourself feel and feel smart. Right. Um, and it, it makes me just like not want to read. And I've, I've had to like relearn that it's like, no, if you want to mm-hmm. read the Quentin Tarantino novelization of Once Upon a Time <laughs> in Hollywood, that's fine too. Yeah, it is. It's fine. And it's fun. There's so many feet in the book, Aaron. There's there? so many feet described in the book. Hey, hey, the man likes feet. What the can man you say? likes feet. Um, I'm not going to shame him, but I am like, you, you, you can't even not describe a foot. <laughs> like, I understand when the foot's there on set, you got to get your camera in there on the feet. But when you're telling a story, I don't know. It's probably just like 2% of the book so far has been describing feet. And that's not, a huge number i mean but more than you think though if it's 200 pages that means that's four pages dedicated to feet i'd say of the 100 pages i've read so far that's about right a lot no, of it's, pages. Closer, it's closer to one percent i mean that's a lot of pages I like know. that's I a know. lot of, as someone as someone who has like who took classes on how to structure stories and like how mm-hmm. you dedicate like screen time in a scene it's like mm-hmm having an off topic moment of feet anyways hobbit's great i've not <laughs> yes. i have not read either any of the other books i think so my here's my experience with my first experience with lord of the rings mm-hmm. when i was a kid in 10 um and my mom and i lived with uh, her ex-fiance and kids he made me do like a, a reading um book report thing throughout the summer Cause I was doing poor, I was doing really poorly in, um, my English classes in, I'm gonna catch you now. Uh, it's got uh, your MFA. It's, yeah, I, it's some days feel very imposter syndrome. Some days are easy are better, but, uh, <laughs> and I remember trying to tackle, I think it was the Hobbit. No, it was fellowship whichever one they started naming a bunch of names and I'm like 11 and I just couldn't for the life of me, like connect with it. Yeah. And I think just cause I wanted to like do other things. Um, I think I ended up reading, um, Oh, it's like the white fang is what it is, but the wolf. Right. I never read that, but I, is that the, is that Jack, uh, Jack London, London. Yeah. 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 I read that instead. Um, I wish I'd read the Hobbit because the Hobbit's way better, <laughs> but, um, I think it was just like trying to get into that kind of like it was my first experience ever with like a book of world building right Mm -hmm. um and like true like intense world building and so was this before you had even seen the movies or before the movies had come out maybe this was before the movies came out so this would i was i would have been would have been 10 no fellowship had come out fellowship Fellowship. came out in oh one or oh two oh one and then two towers oh three and then king was oh four because i saw return of the king in theaters okay 
but this um, this book report you were trying to do was was before you had seen any of the movies right um if you saw return of the king in theaters then it sounds like you ended up liking the movies yeah i've, I've seen the yeah. movies many times mm-hmm. uh are you an extended I, cut guy or a, or a theatrical cut guy i'm an extended cut guy now when i was in that victory lap senior year of college uh me and two friends uh marathoned all three uh directors extended cuts well and we played a drinking game alongside of it there have been a a few guests so far that have talked about the drinking games they've played um let me ask you this was frodo falling down one of the things that made you take a drink because that's been a recurring thing for the people so we did it where like we were given like three characters each Oh, okay. And we each had our own rule set. Sure. Um, I blacked out. <laughs> to, put, to, put it, to put it bluntly, <laughs> uh, I think we all three did. Uh, nice. I had, I had Frodo, Pippin, and Sam. Those are my three. No, no. Those Frodo, are like three memeable characters. Frodo, so like, Pippin, and Legolas. Not Sam, Legolas. Legolas is even more memeable than yeah. Sam. So that's, yeah, you'd, you'd be blackout for sure. But yeah, and so I, I, I appreciate the movies. I like the movies. I did, I'm going to show you this because I have them up here. Oh, he's, he's walking away from the computer. He's coming back. He's sitting back at the chair. Let's see what he has. Um, what so is I, it? I found this at the... A Guide to Middle Earth by Robert Foster. And it's essentially just like a giant like encyclopedia. Wow. Um, so like this one has like this is the L's and this uh actually I'll go to the S's because um Sauron has like a huge section in there. Gotcha. And it's pretty cool. How many sentences is the Sauron section? Because I don't know if we have the time for too many sentences. A lot. Gotcha. Um, I won't I'm not gonna read any, it's just it's a full spread. Man, like that's all Sauron. That's good to have because I feel like based on the movies, we don't know much about Sauron other than mm-hmm. he's a dark lord. He forged the rings, but apparently they were, he's, they were all he's of them hot. deceived for another ring was made. Apparently he's, he's hot. hot. Underneath yeah. that helmet, he's a he's a he's a hot man. There's a because you know about the Amazon show, right? Yes. Ooh, are we gonna uh, get a, a hot young Sauron? We are. Is it gonna be the kind of thing where we don't know that it's Sauron until like the end of season one and then it's like he was Sauron all along I I don't know I think Mm. I just like I saw some clips and some like uh some art of like Sauron like that's supposed to be used in the tv show gotcha this is the other book I have Tolkien a look behind the Lord of the Rings by Lynn Carter and so this one is just kind of like uh all of those um references all of those uh metaphor stuff and then there's a uh an American Airlines ticket for February 2011 to Chicago. That was just in the book when you bought it, like mm-hmm. used? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. This one has an even better one, maybe. Oh, I think I lost it. There was a like a note in one of these. Oh. Yeah, it's gone. Do you remember what oh, the well. note said? Um, I don't. It's hmm. a shame. Was it like a love um, note? Was it like a no, it was just grocery like a list? It was just like a brief note, like a little like, like a little like, hey, have a good day. See you later kind of thing. No, that's nice. Um, but yeah, so imagine my... a whole a whole story there about someone who that note meant <laughs> enough to 
put it in a book as a bookmark, but not enough to them to keep it after they donate right. the book. Um, yeah, so my, my experience with Lord of the Rings is The Hobbit and then um, the movies and, and getting blackout drunk. Yes. Cool. Well, um, we've got a special sentence this week, the 28th sentence of the book. A um, little background for any listeners who aren't caught up, but I do recommend you go back and listen to the older episodes uh, so you don't get too confused. Um, so, so far, there's this birthday party being planned for uh, Bilbo and Frodo, who are uncle, nephew, roommates, birthday buddies. Uh, Frodo's turning 33. Bilbo's turning 11. And we're just getting to introduced to the, uh, the gardeners um that is the old ham gamgee the old gaffer and his son sam gamgee who we just learned last week are good friends with frodo and uh bilbo they all get along all four of them um which is nice and here is the 28th sentence of the fellowship of the ring they lived on the hill itself in number three bagshot row just below bag end. Okay. So not only are they friends, but they are neighbors. Mm -hmm. They live close to each other. So Tolkien's, you go ahead. Oh, please go. Go ahead. I think Tolkien always like had that kind of like I mean the it's kind of I mean like it's it's known now, but like the fellowship, the the party the whatever you know there's always this, mm -hmm. this sense of connection with the people around you you know yeah um it's so, uh it's it's just i don't you go ahead you go ahead sorry yeah no sure sure, sure. I, I was just gonna say that here we we have they lived on the hill itself and for listeners who aren't reading along uh and i do recommend you pick up a copy of the book um so you can read along <laughs> with me each week but um the hill the word hill is capitalized there it's like a proper noun they lived on the hill itself um in number three bagshot row so is the hill even referring to a literal hill uh, i know in the movies these houses all look like hills um but at auburn where we went to school the hill was like a group of like dorms right right yep yeah um does it mention that this is this is not the, the prologue correct this is chapter one this is chapter one a long expected party <clears throat> so you do not go into the prologue right so i mean in the prologue we we get to know hobbits they live in holes um but do they even bring up hills oh, i don't know I should read the prologue at least, so I not on air, but just so I have an encyclopedic knowledge. Sure, I I, I'm about to here. Hold on, got myself here. Uh, Internet archive. Mm -hmm. Do a little quick uh, control F, and uh, maybe if I can, can I? I don't know. I would hope so. Oh, here we go. There it is. Search the capital H hill. Probably a lot of hills in fellowship. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I think just like in terms of world building, I mean, like that's what Tolkien is so great about. I mean, that's, I mean, this is the blueprint for 
so many like fantasy novels and fantasy stories we get a little bit more of the geography of hobbiton Mm -hmm. um we know that this bagshot row has at least three units Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on it or three houses three something because number three bagshot row just below bag end so bag end is where bilbo and frodo live that's north so we, I'm, I'm thinking of bag end as a street now i think before i was thinking of that as like the property um but i i think bag end might be referring to like the the street that the bag ends estate is on do you think is- i'm right in that well, so number three, Bagshot Row. So that that's the street that that Bilbo live, Bilbo and Frodo live on. Oh, I Just, I was I was interpreting that as uh as where Ham and Sam live. Okay, so both father and son were on very friendly terms with Bilbo and Frodo. Oh yeah, so it is. So they is refer, is referencing father and son. Right, they lived on the hill itself, and number three, Bagshot Row, just below. Bag that End. makes because sense. It's been established before that Bag End is where the Bagginses live, mm-hmm. and that's why it's called Bag End. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I I could start like sketching out a map of how we understand um, Hobbiton. Basically, okay. it's just two lines, and the the north line is bag end and then the south line is bagshot row so you actually mentioned the hill in a mm-hmm. previous episode i did when um according to this it's a page prior okay let's take a look uh what does the sentence start with uh the riches he had brought back from his travels had now become a local legend and it was oh, popularly old- believed whatever, the, whatever old, the old folk might say that the hill, the hill capital h at bag end was full of tunnels stuffed with treasure so this is huge actually because if sam and ham live in the hill itself then they know the secrets and maybe that's why bilbo keeps them so close was well, it they lived on the hill so oh so maybe so and, and so in terms of just geography so if if they live on Bagshot Row, which is below Bag End, Bag End being on top of the hill, Bagshot Row being on the bottom of the hill, which would make sense because they are kind of subservient to Bilbo and Frodo. Right. Um, yeah, that's something I've learned at living in Los Angeles is that rich people always have a good view of the poor people. You go up in the Hollywood Hills and, and, we're, and you, you look out and you see all the poor people are just pretty lights to them. It's kind of a beautiful uh disturbing sentiment hopefully bilbo is not the same way hopefully not it seems it seems like he does pay his gardeners well and they're friends who who gets to be friends with their boss like that yeah and and like live it's so if we're talking about that sentence prior um mm-hmm. i don't know how many episodes that was ago it seemed like it was probably a while i mean that was one of our first episodes that first mention of the hill. Okay. Okay. That was episode so, three. Yeah. So go back and listen to episode three, listeners. Uh, <laughs> um, and so if talking about that, and like if it's this assumption that the that what is there, what is beneath Bag End is just stuff with tre- like riches and treasure, Sam and his father have to at least have some awareness 
I mean, not have to. They probably it could be like a, a situation where it's just underneath the floorboards and they don't even know it. You know, like yeah. it's it's just under their noses, and Bilbo and Frodo but, only keep them close so that they can smuggle out the treasure whenever they need it. Or Sam and his father have so much respect for the Baggins that they don't question it. That they right. aren't. That they and I think it's more of that because they're talking about like very friendly terms could also could you could have replaced that with good terms so like in terms of mm-hmm. and and i haven't read enough of tolkien but i do know that tolkien was good at writing in a, a basic sense and that's a, yeah. an, an understatement the man the man wrote the man wrote um and so like he wouldn't i feel like in terms of stuff like this you wouldn't use very friendly just haphazardly like you would use that right. very intentionally and so to say that because um, yeah, there can be friendly terms when there's still like demons under the surface you know it can mean right. a different thing like yeah i'm friendly with this person but that's just because we don't talk about certain things mm-hmm. yeah, certain mm-hmm. things don't come up so yeah it's very surface levelly friendly hmm. i'm starting to, i last week was such a heartwarming episode where we really believed in the friendship between these four men sure and, and now i'm starting to question it so there is a reference to the hill Ooh, in your guide to middle earth book yeah and it says to make to go to like see hobbiton hill okay so let me see if i can find this, Hobbit. this does exist in hobbiton hobbiton hill hill in the west farthing located between Hobbiton and Overhill, usually okay. called the hill. Interesting. So is it just a hill? Yeah. Like a, and it a has the old hill? And it has the page numbers that reference the hill. How many more page, how many more references are there? And the here it has... Oh, okay. So it's, it's twice in the first book, once in the third book, and then once in something that with an H, and I don't know what that's a reference to. The Hobbit? I guess the Hobbit, yeah. Yeah. So we've already had our two references to the hill in this book then. Yeah, because I, and like just going back to the archive um, search results, let's see. And this yeah. uh, ebook you have is just the Fellowship? Uh, it's, yeah, it's just the Fellowship of the Ring. Gotcha. Um, and it's, it's it's archive.org so um gotcha uh i guess all the other references of the hill are just kind of making this mention of just like you know it's like it's a it's a placeholder in terms of um you know setting so gotcha or that's just kind of quickly glancing and i think it's i'm not i'm not gonna read much into it because that's that's for later um, podcast episodes right um, but i mean for now this was a very uh eye-opening connection to a previous episode this is yeah this has been big it really we really cracked the novel wide open there's a lot it's a dense sentence at at first sight it didn't look like a lot was going on but this is uh i mean i could i could sit here and talk about this all day but uh Mm -hmm. we we do need to move on at some point I was intrigued by like what Oprah. You, 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 you. I'm gonna look up one more thing and then 
we can move on if that's all right. Sure, yeah. Because it says that Hobbiton Hill is located between Hobbiton and Overhill, and I just want to know what Overhill is. No, I feel like Overhill was mentioned in the movies, but I don't remember in what context. We got, let's see, we got. Is it on uh, the way to Bree, perhaps? Let's see. We got orcs. We got. Is it where the the farmer, uh, whatever his name is. Oh, here we go. go. It just says that it's a village north of Hobbiton Hill. We knew that. And so it might be mentioned in the movies when they're talking about kind of because there is a reference in the first book, early in the first book. Um, so it seems as though that this uh, guide to Middle Earth is making a reference to a certain publication, um, a certain a certain pressing of a fellowship. So very cool. Very cool. Um, Aaron. Um, yes. Where can folks find you online? Um, they can find me at at their name is Aaron on Instagram. Uh, they're spelled T H E I R. You can also find me at my website. Their name is Aaron Weebly com. And yeah, those two places. Cool. You can follow me at Chad A Oliver. You can follow the show at L O T R Sentence. Um, I should tweet more from that account. I haven't tweeting lately. I, I keep forgetting to promote the show. And I do love doing the show and I want people to listen. So I need to be better at that. Um, tweet at me ideas for content. And if you want to be on the show, tweet at me. Um, if you have any notes on how to make the show better, you can tweet at me there too. Uh, you know what? Rate and review. People say that on podcasts. I think that's helpful. Uh, rate and review me on iTunes um, so I can get on the, the, the top top 10 pages. We can, uh, maybe you can start a segment where like uh, you, you read some of those uh, reviews. You know what? I will start that segment right now. Do, we have, um, do, you have, do you have some reviews? I do have reviews. I do have reviews. I don't know how new they are. But That's I know okay. that reviews exist. I haven't read them on the air before, though. So um, leave a review and I might read it like this review. Um, this comes from John Squilliam. Um, 576, 459 words in Lord of the Rings. Average Tolkien sentence, 16 words. 52 weeks in a year, one episode per week on track to finish in around 700 years. If anyone can make this happen, it's Chad Oliver. Uh, I think your math might be a little off because I think it won't take me that long. Because um, I'm a pretty fast reader. I think if I were yeah. a slower reader going one sentence a week, that number would make sense. But uh, no, I don't think that that makes sense. But he's giving you a compliment. That's nice. That's true. It is nice. I like how you edited that, but I do think your math is off a little bit. Um, so he's saying, he's saying you have endurance. And, and hey, buddy, if there's one thing I have, it's endurance. All right. This uh, review comes from Turtle Bird. I can't, thanks, wait to, I can't wait to read through Lord of the Rings along with this podcast. I've always wanted to read it. And the title of that review is Just What I Needed. Nice. This has been the 28th <laughs> sentence of the Fellowship of the Ring. Tune in next week for the 29th sentence of the Fellowship of the Ring.
thatmightbecool.com. You never know.